Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. And we are a little show called Solid Steps Radio. And if you've never heard us before and this is your very first time, I want to thank you for listening, whether you're doing it on purpose or on accident. Uh, we've been around now for a few years and we, a few years ago, four years, Almost coming on four years now. Almost five. Five. My goodness. <laughs> Kurt called me up and says, hey, you want to do a radio show? I said, let's talk. And we just said, what, God, would you want us to talk about? And uh, we decided just through prayer that it was going to be a show for men and that men uh, needed to be hearing something other than sports, weather, and politics. Amen. Because at the end of the day, those things will not help you at the end of your life. And we want men to walk solidly, taking steps in life that they were destined to take. And we believe that is not outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, that being said, what does that look like on a show's perspective? We want to tell a story that God is writing in men's lives. And if you're listening to this, God is writing a story in your life. You may not know you're in the story, <laughs> but he's writing a story. And speaking of stories, you know, when you start talking about the Bible, the stories are what people remember. David and Goliath, Jonah and the whale, uh, Jesus and the Pharisees. I mean, they, they remember that interaction. In fact, how did Jesus communicate <laughs> heavenly principles? Through earthly stories, through parables. The power of story. Well, we've got a story today that I, I'm like, if you got together and like, let's write this down. I don't think you could come up with a lot of these circumstances, good and bad. But what it does tell you is there is an author and he has a purpose and no matter where you are in your story, God is never outside of authoring it. Yeah, and, and so true, Chad, Chad. God loves us with an everlasting love. And I call him the hound of heaven because he's always, he's coming after us. Uh, C.S. Lewis called him that first. So you don't, oh, don't yeah. steal uh, okay. his. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, okay, C.S. Lewis, we're grateful for him. We'll, we'll interview him one other day <laughs> when we get to heaven. <laughs> but you are but right. Today we have Russell with us, and uh, I got to meet listeners. I got to meet Russell just a few weeks ago, and got to hear his story. And we go, we we have got uh, to to have uh, you listeners hear what God has done in this uh, this man's life. So, Russell, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's uh, it's great to have you today, and uh, Russell. Uh, let's just jump straight into you grew up in a, in a in a home where it really wasn't even a home. Yeah, um, <clears throat> my mom and dad, you know, they they split. I was about a year old. And, uh, I shifted back and forth between the two of them till I was about four, uh, and then my granny kept me for a while, and then my mom come and snatched me from my granny for a while. We moved to Toledo, Ohio. And then I began, right around six years old, I began, you know, going to foster homes and facilities and stuff like that. You told me the other day that you uh, have been in how many different homes? Five different foster, foster homes. homes. Yeah. Five different foster homes. And then your mom, when you were how old, basically, uh, you became an orphan. Yes, she gave me, uh, we moved to Tennessee after the death of my father. And... Uh, she about a year into our life in Tennessee, she gave me over to the state of Tennessee. And did you know how, what was going on, really? I mean, you know, my mother, she was alcoholic. Uh, she used drugs, too, but she was an alcoholic. 
and I really didn't have no understanding of the world perspective, you know, um, and when she gave me over to the state, I had no idea, you know, what was happening, not really. They, uh, they sent me to a hospital for an evaluation, you know, and it was a 30-day evaluation, and that was the last time I seen any of them again, my mother or my stepfather. And uh, you, you mentioned the other day to me that you, the understanding of love, yes. uh, to be able to give love and receive love, you just really have ha- had no clue of that. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think that, uh, and maybe that, I don't, I don't want to say it helped me, but it certainly kept my mind free. But, I mean, not really having received love, not if we're talking, you know, we're talking about the love of God. Um, never really having received love, uh, certainly don't know from how a, to from, share from, love from a family perspective. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's a familial love, sure. Um, the the lack of love in your life to be able to gain love from your family. Yeah, and I mean it. It had a huge left a huge hole. Oh, certainly. Talk about that just a minute. Well, I mean, you know. Uh, love or the reception of love the the participation of love you know it helps one to develop you know their minds and their hearts you know their maturation uh, i would say and without love you know people you know they don't really uh, fully develop you know they certainly don't mature you know uh and so that i suppose that yes that really it really kept me behind you know, a lot of people in, in my relationships, not just, you know, family relationships, but, you know, friends, you know, significant others, you know, um, and authority as well, you know. Um, so, uh, really, I was really, really, you know, I was really immature, I suppose you might say, in that in that respect. My mom and dad just visited me. My, my dad's going to be 81 this year. My mom's in her 70s, late oh, 70s. Praise the Lord. And I, I think about how, the love that I have received from my mom and dad, and, and you— just never really receive that. No. And uh, Chad and I were talking about this, and we were, we were talking about the power of family mm-hmm. and the power of no family. Yeah. And the power of family that is not treating you and loving you as you should. I mean, the, the damage that I'm assuming. And how old were you when you got dropped off at the, for the 30-day evaluation? And I was 10. You were 10 years old. Yeah. I've got boys who are that age. I can't fathom if my boys at this age were abandoned in, in essence, they were emotionally never really connected. Like you were, you right. were never really connected with your parents right. and then abandoned completely. Yeah. I think people just throw those things out the window sometimes when they don't see people in the light of what they have been through. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, neglect is not, I mean, it's, um, I mean, you know, neglect is abuse when you think about it. Um, oh yeah. Depending on, you know, what it is exactly that you're neglecting. But when you, when you neglect, you know, the basic of, principle of love to to someone to your child especially i suppose i mean yeah one could definitely consider that abuse i suppose you i mean in in many ways you you because of that you were stunted in your emotional development definitely. you were stunted in your spiritual development you were stunted in uh the your relational development uh i mean so much of who we are as men you didn't receive in in many ways it's it's like when we see a little child who's been starving from lack of food sure you were starving 
from lack of love, affection, attention, spiritually starving, certainly. Um, and that, and that really, uh, man, wreaked havoc in your life big time. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, you there's something that you need within yourself, and you don't really exactly know what it is. You begin acting out, you know, um, trying to obtain that thing that you need not really knowing what it is that you need just knowing that you're not getting it and so you go to greater and greater lengths to obtain the thing that you're seeking though you're not exactly sure what it is you're seeking not until you find it when you find it what it is you're seeking then you know what it is but it took me a long time to find that i mean you started going i think again of a, of a little child who is starving hasn't had any food what do they do they'll, they'll go to the dumpsters they'll go to the garbage can they'll start go, putting stuff in their mouth and, you know? and they'll do anything yeah. to to try to relieve and that's basically what you did certainly and 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 yet it turned up empty well i kept you know, I mean, as I grew, uh, when I got in my adolescence and early teens, you know, uh, the people that I would begin seeking to re- a relationship with, you know, you weren't exactly healthier, wasn't exactly, um, you know, people that maybe sh- that I should have been seeking it from. You know, my my aunt and uncle, they got custody of me when I was 14, and uh, I was thankful for that, you know, to, to be relieved from the, the institutions, but... Um, and the love still wasn't there, you know. And I suppose my uncle had a hard choice with that. You know, he could either try to give me this love that I had lacked, and, and then that was continue slowing my growth, I suppose, or he could go ahead and finish teaching me how to be a man, and I suppose that's what he chose instead. Uh, yeah, it was... Uh, I, I, in, what, in many ways, your your uncle, it's it's admirable that he would say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out to Russell. He's a kid. And uh, my brother's gone. He doesn't. He doesn't have a mom now. He's been in institutions for how many years? Yeah. I'm gonna welcome him into my home, but there still wasn't love. Yeah. In in the sense that you that that we all need. Yes. Uh, he taught you how moving how to be a man, um, but there's a whole lot to being a man that we that you know that we. <laughs> oh need. yeah. I mean, right. Certainly. Oh yes. Yeah, certainly. Certainly. So there was the outward and the inward. Love, exactly. Right? exactly. So we're going to take a break and come back. And there's a whole lot more to a story. I mean, your parents abandon you, pass away. Um, you know, that, that sounds like how could you possibly overcome it? Well, it doesn't get better, to be very honest with you. When you start hearing this story and you start hearing into now. Could you imagine what's a teenager going to act like who who came from that background? Well, you're going to hear more about that in the next segment. But you also have to know that the reason Russell is sitting here today is not because he continued on that path. Because somebody intervened. And we're going to hear that. And you need to stick around, not just hear one segment. You need to hear the end. So we're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Satter. We're here with our friend Russell. And we want to, uh, we are telling an amazing story. And we hope you can check it back in and listen to our podcast at Facebook. Uh, Facebook or SoundCloud or iTunes. You can ch- just type in Solid Steps Radio for our uh, commercial-free uh, podcast. Thanks to our sponsors like LNN Credit Union. They're a local lender. They've been around for decades and they will help you with every one of your financial needs, whether it's personal or, or commercial. Checking accounts, loans, they can help you out. LNN Credit Union. And then Vision First Eye Care if you need contacts, glasses, or you just need somebody who you can trust to look at your eyes, Vision First Eye Care will take care of you. And then Bright Star Home Care, they take care of 
Your loved ones who need in-home care, whether it's one day a week or 24-7, Bright Star Home Care will take care of you in that very tough season. So, Russell, you, you, you're going through this you know, incredible turmoiled young life. No dad, no mom, foster, orphaned, uh, been in a number of institutions, different foster homes. Uh, you get to the point of you, you're, uh, and you, and you mentioned to me that you, your mom also had a, uh, you had a baby sister. Yes. And you actually like semi-raised her. Yeah, basically, you know, uh, that was back when you still had to make a bottle on the stove, you know. Wow. Um, <laughs> and you're, but, a, how old were you? I was six. Six years old and yeah. you're kind of helping b- raise right. this baby. Right. Because your mom was... She just uh, she was not able. Yeah, she was not able to do that. Yeah. So, so you know, fast forward, Russell. You, um, you graduate from high school, and what do you do? Uh, I joined the military. <clears throat> I went to National Guard. I uh, went in on a six-year contract, but uh, after my training, I kind of I don't know why, but for some reason, I felt like moving to North Carolina with my brother, my dad's son. And uh, because I never gotten to have a relationship with him, and I'd always wanted to have a relationship with him, and uh, I tried transferring units, and they gave me a general discharge or honorable conditions, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because I don't know they didn't want to have to retrain me over or something, because it was a different kind of unit from mechanized infantry to artillery, and uh, then I I basically just after living in North Carolina with them a little while, there was some trouble, and I moved on and uh, joined the carnival <laughs> and I traveled with them a little bit and then I left the carnival and started working at a dairy farm in Pennsylvania because I met a girl so you're in the military I'm sorry then you go to the carnival then you go to a dairy farm dude you're bouncing around yeah well there was just there was just sporadic decisions like this you know it was like you know it wasn't it wasn't even really much thought in it it was just whatever I felt like you know uh, you really, in in many ways, you. I mean, you, you're 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 trying to find yourself. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to find that something that I don't know what is. You know, and if, I thought that maybe it, I might have had it at the dairy farm with the girl, and turned out she uh, had enlisted in the military as well, and so she was leaving, so I had to leave. You know, and I came back home to that, my that aunt broke uncle. your heart. It did. I remember you I mean, shared it, that the other day. It it really it broke something. You know, I wasn't really sure what it was. It didn't break my spirit or anything like that, but it, it felt like more so my mind. It broke my mind, you know. Um, it's despair. Uh, you know, depression is when there's no hope that tomorrow will be better, you know. So when you have a lack of hope. And so, it and, and you know, as you're describing that, the Bible talks about hope deferred sickens the heart. Yes, sir. And you had no, had hope. no hope. There was no hope of nothing, you know. And it was like, if I put my hope into something, uh, it was getting crushed, you know. There was no realization of hope for joy. And then um, you mentioned the other day to me that you you began at 21 years of age. Yeah. After bouncing around, trying to fill this hole in your heart, you turned to the Bible. Well, uh, I had met uh, a woman, and I had moved in with her. This was the first, you know, real relationship, you know, um, 
that I was trying for. I was working in the coal mines, and uh, you know, I was trying to do the right thing. I hadn't really gotten too crazy just yet. You know, I maybe partied a little bit on the weekends, but I just felt like I wanted to do the right thing with this with this woman, you know. And uh, I didn't trust anyone to ask them what that right thing was. And that's when I decided that I would go to the Word of God to learn what the right thing was. How did, how did you know to turn to the Bible? Everybody knows the Word of God. I mean, it's that's what's right. You might not, uh, you know, want to accept it once you learn what it is, but, you know, uh, God has revealed Himself to all of us, you know, uh, that the truth of God is in all of us. So you're 21 years of age. Did you Had you read the Bible before that? No. And I'd only been to church maybe like two or three times. So to, amazingly, you, you weren't ever grew up in the church, grew up with a faith, and yet at 21 years of age, you read through the entire Bible. Yes. Describe to our listeners what's what's going on in your heart and mind as you're doing that. Well, I was just desperately seeking answers. You know, uh, there was so many. There's so many questions that I had because never really had anybody to answer questions for me, or or maybe there was, and I just didn't trust them. You know, uh, I had real trust issues. And so, um, you know, uh, reading through the Bible, uh, as I'm reading, I've got, you know, a plethora of questions in my mind and trying to find answers for them. And in the process of that, God blessed me with a decent mind, I suppose. And so that I was able to remember a lot of the things that I had read. Um, but I read. I remember reading the one thing after reading most of the Bible, probably halfway through it at least, um, up just to the New Testament, I realized the one thing that I wanted more than anything was wisdom. You know, uh, Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived, and that's what he asked God for. And I just knew that what I needed from God more than anything else was wisdom. You know, and I also realized that the way to gain this wisdom was through my sufferings. And so my prayer to God, not I don't want to say it was my first prayer to God, but it was certainly my first fervent prayer to God, you know, was for this suffering, you know. To gain this I mean, wisdom. You know, Chad, I, I don't know about you, but do you wake up in the morning and go, Lord, I need wisdom, so bring on the suffering? No, I think most people have the opposite of saying, hey, keep me from suffering. But really, what I think what you're asking for is, hey, I want to learn from my circumstances the wisdom that comes from you mm-hmm. through those circumstances because uh, that's that's a that's a heck of a way to do it. And, and yeah. we don't really have to ask for it as much because we know our life will give us enough suffering at some point but you being a, a really new in the belief in the faith, you're like, hey, Lord, will you give me this? And you and you, you weren't even a Christian yeah. then, no. right? You, no, I mean, no, you right. just you just went as a, a pagan, as a non-believer, sure. but you knew that you needed the Bible. You read through the Bible, and you have this prayer. God, I need wisdom. I, I know I don't have it. So, And I know that somehow, which is incredible, that you, that you would pray for suffering— and that suffering is going to help you learn wisdom and lean into God. And so you read through the Bible, and then there becomes a, a major downturn, what I would call. Oh, definitely. What, describe to our listeners what's going on. Well, like I said, you know, I had a relationship. I was living with a lady, and um, she started receiving medication, you know, for a back surgery that she had. She was receiving OxyContin. And uh, 
up to that point, I hadn't really ever dabbled with, you know, hard drugs or nothing. You know, I drank beer on the weekends when I wasn't working and things like that. But I started using this medication with her. And, um, you know, um, at first it was fun, fun, I suppose. Um, and then, it, you know, it it's got to where I couldn't go to work if I didn't have it, you know. Um, and I started pawning things in my house and then I started selling things in my house and then I didn't have a house anymore you know and now you know I'm committing crimes to sustain my habit you know I mean things go from bad to worse definitely in in a in a big way yeah and just in a short amount of time in a short amount of time and pretty soon you're where yeah in a couple of years uh i'm in a jail cell for you know a felony charge they had charged me with second degree armed robbery for stealing some money and uh i uh found myself in in jail you know looking back to god again you know and um and you're still not a Christian yet, is that no, right? No, this 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 moment. Uh, it was two thousand. It was March of two thousand two. You know, they were some guys coming into the jail. Um, you know, and it was their ministry. I'm sure, uh, telling me or telling us, you know, that we needed to invite Jesus into our hearts. You know, and uh, I remember laying on that bunk with tears in my eyes and uh, looking up at the ceiling and just, you know, inviting Jesus into my heart. You know, Jesus, come and dwell with me. I need you. You know, I can't make it. Uh, I'm, and I don't know. It just, I don't know. I, I, there was a there was feeling that came over me, and it wasn't it wasn't like a, a powerful, uh, like you know, rushing wind or anything like that. But it was definitely a feeling of joy that came over me, and I, I realized then what it was that I was going to try to do with my life. It, it took you a while to really fully understand and grasp, sure. but you knew that you needed Jesus. Definitely. You knew that you needed the living God, the creator of heaven and earth, to be a part of your life, and you welcomed him into your life, and we got more. So we're going to take a break, and, and you think, well, hey, things are really turning for Russell, and it's going in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, because he's looking in God's direction, absolutely. But remember that prayer he prayed? Some suffering? Well, there has some more of that coming. Uh, and some of it was by his own hand, but some of it was by others' hands as far as just circumstances. So we're going to take a break, come back and hear, because in this segment, you see the road that he's on, the story that is being written right into it right been written being being wrote into i'm trying to say into a different direction so we're going to take a break be back shortly here on solid steps radio welcome back to solid steps radio chad russell kurt satter we're here with our friend russell and we are talking today about a life changed and transformed and boy you missed a lot if you missed the first two segments Uh, we want to thank our sponsors frank enterprises if you've got water issues outside drainage landscaping, septic issues. If you got some issues with those, you got issues. So call Frank Enterprises. They can take care of you. Dan Hart Financial. Uh, Dan is a guy who says, hey, if you want to be wise with your money in retirement, what does that look like? And am I headed in the right direction? Dan Hart Financial, they can sit down and take care of you in regards to that. And then Southern Smoke Catering. Yeah, if you want some of the best brisket you've ever had, award-winning barbecue, they are a catering-only company, southernsmokecatering.com. Put some south in your mouth. So, so Russell, you know, now you've, you, you've, you've been in jail. You read through the Bible. Yes, Jesus into your life. It's now, I mean, life becomes like almost a piece of cake, right? 
Uh, actually, it, it did get a lot easier. Uh, you know, uh, in sitting in jail, I asked God, of course, to get me out of trouble. You know, I was going to go to college and uh, I was going to become a nurse. And, you know, I was going to do all these things, the right things. And uh, I, I got out. He got me out. Uh, and, you, and you made a bargain with God. Right. Well, you know, yeah. Right. Uh, and I, I got out and, uh, you know, just started going to college, making dean's list uh, for three or four semesters. And, um, but not having fully surrendered, you know, uh, uh, my heart and my mind to him, you know, I wasn't going to church or anything like that. You know, I was just out there on my own, basically. Uh, still with this woman who was not exactly, it wasn't exactly a healthy relationship. Uh, I fell back into using again, of course. And, uh, you know, uh, ended up with uh, trafficking charges, you know, some years later, uh, two or three years later. I think it was 2000, 2007, I was charged with, with for trafficking controlled substance. And, and, and that's when you go back? That's when, I, yeah. Well, you know, I was in and out many, many times uh, for, you know, smaller stuff. But this was, yeah, this was, this was, I got major time out of that charge. So Jesus didn't keep you out of, out, <laughs> no. of, out of behind bars. No. I mean, it, um. No, it, it, uh, it wasn't, uh, I mean, you know, at there at first, you know, I was like, it was a really great feeling and things was going right, but uh, I couldn't do it, you know, because I was trying to do it on my own, yeah. you know. Yeah, I was trying to do it on my own, and I couldn't do it on my own. I, and I wasn't trying to walk with Christ and surrender with you know to Christ. Proverbs says, "He who walks with the wise grows wise." Yes, sir. But a companion of fools suffers harm. Yeah. And uh, you were you were again you, you fell back in the ditch again mm-hmm. uh, several times. But while you're in while you're behind bars, you you became a GED instructor. Yes, I got uh, uh, I got seven years, and uh, I ended up at. Eastern Kentucky Correctional Complex, you know, and uh, that was my state job there. I became a GED instructor. You know, I had all this college education, and it was a job that I could do. And uh, that was 2009. And, you know, it was probably during this time that, uh, you know, there was, uh, I'm looking back on my past and I'm seeing all these things that I've done over the years, you know, all the crimes that I've committed, the people that I've hurt. And uh, I realized there was something that I needed, and that was forgiveness, you know. Mm-hmm. I'd never asked God to forgive me. I'd asked God to help me, you know, but never never Im- really admitted that I needed to be forgiven, you know. I'm basically a good person because I haven't done this, or, you know, I'm basically a good person because I haven't done that. You look around, you're in, in prison, and there's people that have just done everything, and there's you can always elevate yourself if you want to look at the people next to you, but the you need to compare yourself to Christ, you know, and then ask, you know, am I basically a good person? So that you have this moment of confession. Definitely. Confession of your sin and saying, Jesus, you, you are my Savior, but I need forgiveness of Definitely. all that I have. Um, and, and so now, you know, fast forward now, you know, there's this, this you're, you go to a halfway house? Yeah, I get out and I go to a halfway house uh, on 13th and Market. And, uh, you know, I've got a new lease on life, you know, uh, I'm just, uh, I've, I've nearly served out of my sentence. I got like four months left on my sentence. This is 2011, uh, October, 2011. And, uh, you know, I try working the program at the halfway house. It really didn't work out too well. And I ended up, uh, leaving the halfway house and I lived on the streets in Louisville for about a month homeless. And I realized that, uh, 
there's no excuse not to be able to make it on the streets in Louisville. They feed you, they clothe you, they'll give you shelter. You know, there's all kinds of places that, I mean, compared to where I had come from, Harlan County, Kentucky, there was a whole lot more work here than there ever was there. And I felt like that I could make it. And so that I And there's went, enough ministry of, of folks. There's of, just was, too much. There's too much People help. giving, people, yes. yeah, yeah. Definitely. And, and so even in this homeless thing, but, the, but then you've met a guy. Well, uh, I, I, as I was living on the street for that month, I, uh, uh, there was a ministry on the, the waterfront next to Joe's Crab Shake called Fellowship with Christ. And I went there to get a pair of shoes and a coat. And, um, you know, somebody told me that I could get that stuff there. And I remember being there for that meeting, you know, um, uh, there was a, they were sharing the word, you know, they were, they were giving uh, physical items away. They were giving, they were feeding people. And I just remember feeling that this was what it was all about, you know, that this is what everybody should be doing. This was church or, you know, this was, this is, I felt like I was in the presence of God, you know, in the presence of Christ. And, uh, I don't know. I, uh, I'd never felt that way before. You know, I've been to church a couple handfuls of times, and of course I'd attended services in prison, but never never f- had a movement across me uh, like I did in that moment, you know. And, and when I when I turned myself back in, I finished out my prison time, and I served out May 1st, 2012. That was the first place I went when I got out, was back to the waterfront. And Back guy, to this meeting. And there was a guy named Butch who and, and actually invited you to share. Yes. And, well, I, I met my wife there. And, uh, of course, you know, we hadn't married yet, but she had been volunteering and helping this ministry. And uh, she kept encouraging me to talk to the, to the leader of the ministry. And um, I decided that I, I, I really didn't want to. I had a feeling. You know, I just knew that something, I knew there was going to be something for me to do, something to do. And I wasn't really, uh, I wasn't ready for responsibility. I didn't feel like it, and I was scared. And so that after about four months, I did, I, I went and, and went over to his house and, you know, he cooked for us and everything. And uh, he just let me tell my story. And he put me, you know, out in front of the group immediately, you know, to share my testimony. And uh, then like about, about a month later, um, one of the speakers uh, had wasn't able to make it, and he asked me what I fill in for him, and I said sure, you know, and I did because you, up to this point I've been reading the Bible for like eighteen years, you know. But at the same time, he's asked you to speak and fill in that day, mm-hmm. but you really you still have kind of one foot in the world. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm living with this woman that we're not married to, you know, so I'm I'm in sin right there, no doubt. Uh, so yeah, I'm still, I'm, you know, I'm seeking Christ and I'm seeking God, but I'm still, uh, committing sin, living in sin. Yeah, definitely. And so, um, while that's going on, you, you eventually, you marry this woman. Yes. Yes. Uh, I lived with her for about eight months and, um, I just working in this ministry and then living with her in sin like that just really convicted my heart. And to be quite honest with you, you know, this was probably the strongest conviction that I had ever felt in my life. You know, here I am experiencing the joy of the Lord, seeking to serve the Lord, doing this thing blatantly, willfully, knowing that it was wrong. And so, you know, I moved out. And, 
she just basically kind of followed me, you know, and we continued having that relationship. And I basically was like, nothing has changed. I'm still doing this. Just because we're not living together under the same roof doesn't make any any different. And so that I ended up proposing to her, you know, uh, and uh, I don't know why, but she married me. <laughs> I was not expecting her to marry me. You kind of, yes. you didn't you didn't you say like uh, there's either going to be walking shoes or a well, wedding gown? Uh, I mean, you know, with because well, I had told her why I had moved out. You know, and you're we're, we're still doing this thing together that we shouldn't be doing. And you know, basically, you either marry me or leave me alone because obviously, you know, our flesh is weak, and you know, we can't be around one another without doing this thing. You know, it's too weak to be around one another. And uh, yeah, so I made that proposal: wedding gown or walking shoes. So, and, and so you, you get married, and the first year, you, you told me the other day, it, yeah. it, it was it was brutal. It you, was. You did you didn't have, you didn't know how to love. You didn't know how to give love. You yeah. didn't know how to receive love. Yeah. And you ended up um, assaulting your wife. Yes. And and fast forward, you. Are, are, are back behind bars again. Yes, yes. Uh, obviously, rightfully so. You know, my wife uh, prosecuted me uh, for uh, domestic violence. And I spent 62 days in Louisville Metro. And to be quite honest with you, out of all the time that I've ever done in jail, uh, those 62 days were the worst I've ever done. The, the, the worst. Yeah. But in those 62 days, you did something that I would say 90 plus percent of our listeners probably have never done, yeah. at least in the time frame that you did it. And we're going to talk about that next segment. So we'll take a break, come back in our final segment. And, you're, you, you know, you see some light in the tunnel, but then, man, you know, kind of a little bit more darkness and, and how. But really, that sounds a lot like a lot of our lives back and forth. So we're going to hear about that one thing that happened that really kind of pushed Russell into a, a, a place of surrender. Uh, and we're going to hear more about that here shortly on the next segment of Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Satter. We are here with our good friend Russell here. And we're talking today about an amazing story. If you did not hear any of the first three segments, please go back and listen. Go to SoundCloud, iTunes, or you can go to our Facebook page and just type in Solid Steps Radio. Thanks for our great sponsors, Commercial Free Podcasts, Veritech Generators. If you need a generator for your home or business uh, to back up in storm season and just to make sure you're protected, the Veritech Generators can service or help you install a new one. Uh, Iroquois Family Dental. If you are in the Louisville area and you want a, a dentist who can help either in the east or southwestern part of the county, Iroquois Family Dental can help out. Executive Elevators. If you know someone who wants to stay in their home, but they need help getting up and down those stairs or hitting that that second floor master bedroom, executive elevators can help take care of you in that regard. And then the Southeast Outlook is a publication that prints all the stories of what's going on in God's kingdom, both locally in the Kentuckiana area and around the world. So, you know, Chad, when you talk about uh, stories, <laughs> Russell, when I heard your story, I'm like, Wow. God has, uh, God is a redeeming God. Amen. And, uh, and so you are, you're now back in prison for the, how many, how many times you've been in and out, yeah. in and out. You've salted your wife. She's, 
press charges. You are now back behind bars. You're, you're, you're behind bars for 62 days, and you do what? I realized that, you know, um, the problem in my life was that I wasn't submitting myself to God, you know. And uh, I took and I got a Bible. I got a copy of a Bible. It was a English Standard Version. I had never read an English Standard Version before, but it was a Bible. And I read it cover to cover about eight times. Uh, Hold it. You read the Bible from cover to cover, Genesis through Revelation, mm -hmm. not once, not twice, but eight times. Yeah. I didn't do a lot of sleeping. <laughs> yeah. I, you were riveted. Definitely. In God's Word. I've never been so, I mean, I'd been reading the book for a long time since I was 21. You know, every time I went to jail, I was reading the Bible. And, you know, when I was homeless, I'm reading the Bible. And it just, and I was reading and I was getting the knowledge, but this time was different. You know, uh, this time I, I was receiving understanding. The understanding that I had never, never had before, you know, and I was able to, to connect things, you know, it wasn't just reading verses anymore. Uh, it was understanding and the understanding that I received was based on the life that I had lived, the things that I had experienced, you know, uh, and what I think I learned in this moment was what love really was, you know, what love God, really I mean, was. God was, God was. In, in a beautiful way, was opening your eyes. Yes. Opening your heart yeah. to a whole nother level. Yes. You, you were a Christian, but you were a Christian who was had one foot in the world and one carnal. foot in the kingdom. And, I was a carnal and, Christian. And you, yeah, yeah, you were a carnal Christian. And you're talking about a life of confusion yes. and a life of, of, uh, of just struggle. That's, that's it. Yeah. And, and so now... You're reading through God's word. God's speaking to you, and what, what, what is there? Is there a brokenness that's going on in in your heart? Definitely, you know, um, uh, and you know, I'm I'm at the edge of a divorce with my wife. Obviously, you know, um, was failing again and everything, and I just I didn't want that. You know, I wanted another opportunity uh, to uh, be the man that God had give, made me to be. You know, he gave me a wife, so that he made me to be a husband, you know. Uh, he put me in front of a group of people sharing the word and sharing the gospel. You know, there were a lot of things that he, he had made me to be because of what I had been doing. And I just I thought, you know, I'd been doing it wrong all this time. You know, I, I finally saw my mistakes, and uh, I knew that. By submitting to him all my heart and all my mind and all my might, one hundred percent completely. Uh, so when you when you when you do that and you get out of jail, yes, you go back to your wife, and your wife goes, "I oh yeah, I totally I totally believe everything <laughs> that you've just said." No, it didn't work out that way. It didn't quite did it. Yeah, no. But real quickly, how long did because your wife didn't leave you, right? And she did give you a second chance. How long, though, did it take for her to to fully trust you? Oh, wow. Uh, we reconciled, you know, probably about five, six weeks after my release. And uh, but, you know, trusting me fully, probably probably about three years, you know, probably. Yeah, at least three years, probably 2017. She had to she had to see consistency in you. Yeah, that you 
are going to be a man of God, yeah. not perfect, but you are going to pursue him and be surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus. She, yes, you know, she saw fruit. She saw the fruit, you know, and uh, I feel like that it was because of, you know, the things that she was seeing me do, not just hearing me do, but seeing me do, you know, seeing me be the man that God had called us to be as a man, as a man of God, you know, as a husband. And, uh, yeah, she she began trusting me, you know, to go out and leave on my own without, you know, giving me 20 questions when I got back and, you know, trusting that I was doing the thing that I said I was going to do. Took, took some time. Definitely. Russell, talk to our listeners right now. Talk to our listeners who are in a tough spot, who either grew up in a really tough uh, upbringing, maybe similar to yours, or but who have lived a rough life. T- just talk to them a couple minutes. I would say to you, uh, God does love you. You are loved, despite the circumstances that you endure. You know, um, God does love you. And it is through your circumstances that you can know that God loves you because it can always be worse. Trust me, as bad as my life was, I can always look back and see where it could have been worse. But because God, because God does love you, uh, it should motivate you and give you the energy and a desire to return that which is given to you because it's so precious. You see how precious this love is, you know, once you realize that you have it and that uh, to share it, to share it with those around you, to truly share it with those around you is, is a beautiful thing. Um, and if you don't know what love is, look at your feelings, the feeling of joy that you've experienced, you know, uh, the feeling of happiness, the feeling of peace. These feelings are from God, and it's proof that God loves you because you are able to 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 have these feelings uh, through the other things that He's given to you. And uh, so, lean into the love of God, receive the love of God, welcome the love of God, walk in the love of God. Uh, one or two other things, and and then we're gonna have to wrap it up, Russell. You, your sure. story is powerful. Uh, what else would you say to those guys who are struggling right now? That a tough. Don't give up. Don't you know, give up. Don't give up. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be fair. But don't give up. You know, because the one thing that's going to matter, the one thing that's going to matter when you stand before God is, did you love Him like He loved you? Mm. If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. Um, Russell, it has been a delight. To have you. Thank you for coming. Thanks for sharing your story. And uh, you listeners, um, Russell is actually down uh, downtown Louisville uh, preaching, um, sharing the gospel every weekend, proclaiming the the truth of Jesus Christ. And uh, you can you can find Russell Bergen on Facebook and uh, follow. He uh, he's had how many? You've had how many baptisms we bat- since the beginning of the year? Uh, this year, so far, we've had 10. We've had 10 baptisms, yeah. and uh, I just love what God's doing in and through you, brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our time is up. Would you pray for us guys, and uh, just pray for us men? Certainly. 
Father, we give thanks for this opportunity that you have given to us this day, Father. Uh, we pray, Lord, that this effort, this love that we have put into this, Father, out of our comfort zones, Lord, doing these things that we might not normally do, Lord. I pray that it goes out to someone, Father, that it that it touches someone, Lord. The Spirit moves across someone so that they can feel that love, Father, that love that I spoke of, Lord, the love that you have for us, Lord, that they can understand and hold on to that, to know what it is, Lord, so that they could return it. Father, I pray that you that you bless this radio station, Father, and their ministry, Lord. I pray that you continue to bless my ministry, Father, that there would be much fruit, Lord, so that one day, Lord, whenever that day may be, Father, we shall stand in your presence and revel in your glory, Lord, and bathe in your light, Father. Uh, I lift this up in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Russell. Thank you very much. So you've heard a story that there's no way in four 11-minute segments we can really do it justice. But what you did here was a life that didn't start well. You saw a life that didn't uh, plan out as one expected. A lot of poor choices, one foot in the world, one foot with God, and you realize that we were not created to be here and there. We were created to be surrendered to the Lord, and you're not living a life, no matter how much money you have, no matter how well you're doing, if you're not surrendered to the Lord, you're not living the life that he has destined you to live. And you see a man who is not perfect, that he's standing before you, and it's been, how many years has it been since you've touched a drug or? Uh, uh, six. Six years six. sober. I've been six years sober now, yes, sir. Six years sober. And so he stayed sober one day at a time. And six years later, but that was through a surrendered life. And so we pray that you will surrender if you have not done that yet. Hey, thank you for listening. Pass this along. Share it on Facebook when you see it posted. And we really appreciate you listening to on Solid Steps Radio.